0: I'm glad I caught you, sir. How's it going, son? Good, good, good. Quick question. Uh huh. Hey, do you like masturbating chimpanzees?
1: Uh, Do you mean at like the zoo or some sort of no 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 uh, no 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 no. okay okay okay
0: table that. How Mm -hmm. about super racist, just god awful racist tropes in movies? I mean, personally, no, but you would be surprised; it actually does sell pretty well. Okay. Okay, how about this? Uh-huh. How about I write a movie where anytime it's produced and people watch it, they are put on an FBI watch list for underage nudity?
1: Well, that seems like a... Might be a little bit of a tough sell, but I'm, I'm willing to try anything, really. We have got to salvage Southern Studios. Well, then, great. I'll get right on it. Drop that theme
0: song, alligator guy. <laughs> <laughs> the A- Elevator
1: guys o- played the team o- sir. O- this whole time o- <laughs>
0: back to the cable boys the internet's only podcast about movies
2: that's right justin we are just three hairless apes who like to talk about movies from hard childhood that we watched that were inappropriate for one reason or another like 1982's
1: coming of age sex romp adventure film With dry mouth. (laughs) With dry mouth. Yeah. Uh, Paradise, starring Phoebe Cates and Bible Man.
2: William. William. Williams. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I got to say that I had never seen this picture, (laughs) and I am fucking furious. (laughs) It was so bad. I don't think I've ever had this much trouble not looking at my phone just like actually focusing on the screen just because there was nothing to keep me there it was it was nothing there were (laughs) (laughs) that yeah there's
1: still nothing I still think there's nothing she's 17 years old there's nothing well we'll get into that and we'll also push that aside yeah,
2: and, <laughs> and we'll we'll also talk about like right. how old is not old enough <laughs> to gonna, let, gonna we're gonna hit well, we're gonna hit guest ass. uh Ted Nugent comes on later. Because it's and, gonna make uh, for a
1: truff uh, uh, tricky uh the beat-off section.
2: Oh man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, we should have had uh Ted Nugent and Steven Tyler on as our special guests just to give us, you know, the other side's perspective on.
1: So this is like um is this like the second We've had one other movie, right? Where we it was like, oh, she she was filmed; she was underage, right? Was it Melanie Griffith?
2: I think we talked about Melanie Griffith. We uh, talked about but, it, I think but it was, we, yeah. yeah, we we just did uh, Pacific Heights, followed by Milk Money. Uh, but uh, we talked about <clears throat> her past when when she oh, right. had yeah, done yeah. underage stuff. Yeah.
1: So, um, what is the? Uh, what is the legal ramifications of this movie?
0: I don't know. I mean, it seems like she didn't want to do a lot of it or like, I it. I would like to know the backstory more of this movie and how she approached it, Phoebe Cates, as far as like reading the script, because apparently in the script, it was even more yes. erotic and there was like more scenes and like her and Willie Ames were like, ah, uh, we don't want this, want to do that much, but they did some. Cause how old is Willie Eames in this? I know she's seventeen, but I don't know how old he is. So there's
1: also. But nobody cares when that. it's a, a guy. Let's just be honest. If he's no, no, if no. he's sixteen, nobody cares.
2: I mean, my guess is he was old enough. Yeah. We we can fact check it real quick. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's more. I'm. I wonder if he was weirded out by like, oh shit,
0: you're seventeen. I'm twenty one. This is. Yeah. No. Weird. He,
1: no. He's in a pickle. Yeah. Uh we got a Karate Kid three situation here. Well, now no, we have a, a milk money situation.
2: <laughs> yeah, Willie Willie Ames is three years older than Phoebe Cates, so she was, he was twenty. Yeah, but uh, but also feet. So
1: I'm not I'm not trying to defend uh, the movie because it's not worth defending. Stinks. Yeah, yeah it stinks. Sure. But it's also like you know what's going on. Like it's not like they're hiding cameras and and catching you in the showers. Like. You have to know what's going on. It's a little like the the basic instinct Sharon Stone situation where she's like, I didn't know that they were filming that upskirt shot. It's like, how did you not know that? They have to light it. Like, there would be no other way to get that on camera if they weren't like, okay, so it's got to be a, a 2.8 down here. You know, at some point you would have to look and be like, why are you lighting my crotch?
2: Right. But I, I think there's, there's a difference just uh, based on, like, reading a script and being like oh i'm like in a waterfall and he catches a glimpse from uh behind the rubble and then you're actually on set and the director Stuart gillard uh, is just saying like all right now go ahead and like really wash that juicy butt like oh, really- lock, <laughs> lock
1: him up <laughs> my god that was i mean not to get to the beat off right away
2: uh-huh sure
1: that scene i was still like jesus
2: I mean, that was, By the uh, way, <laughs> for knowing that the beat off <laughs> was gonna happen, I really wish that I had uh, put in uh, a siren drop for, <laughs> for hey, whatever look. we were hey, about look, to say. Equal opportunity. Willie Ames could
1: win it. He shows his ding dong. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> he, <does> shows <laughs> he shows ding dong. Shows his ding dong. Uh, he shows his Bible man. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but also, like when I was reading this. Uh, Phoebe Cates' own father was like, "No, you should do this movie."
0: Yeah, I mean, there is something to like a different time. I don't get it, but I guess there. I don't know. Also, parent movie parents are shitty for the most part.
2: Sure, I yeah. mean, this was this was her debut, and so yeah. like, uh, he, depending on uh, how good of a parent you are, you're like, "Hey, you you want to get this train a rolling? Uh, just say yes." Like. <laughs> I I hadn't heard anything about her parents talking about uh, this movie, but I had heard that they were totally fine with uh, Fast Times. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think Which,
1: they, I think they, from what I gathered, they were a uh, a bit of an artsy crowd themselves. I think the father was uh-huh. friends with Andy Warhol and uh, mm-hmm.
2: other people. So he was uh he was a big Broadway producer. So mm. he had
0: molested a few girls in his time. So he oh, was like, it's boy. fine, they're fine. Yeah.
1: Cable Uh, boy's legal department uh, (laughs) doesn't sign off on that. But sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I like whenever we put in uh, the word of what movie we're doing, I just imagine our legal department is shaking in their boots, just like wondering what sort of litigious thing we're going to say. Our legal department did not want us to do this movie. I will say that. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, pushed and pushed and pushed. The the most interesting thing that I saw was like not only that her uh, her father was like a big Broadway producer and her mom was also in the business, uh, but that like uh, she was quote unquote discovered at Studio Fifty Four.
1: Yeah, so there's already a pattern of like
2: shady. Yeah, she was exploited young. Yeah,
1: or she was
0: just worldly young. No, you're exploited. You can't be worldly as a fourteen year old. I'm sorry.
1: But would you say the same thing if a if a, a boy was ex? yes yeah yes
0: yeah, sure yes yeah you're being taken advantage you
1: of. you think it's equal that we that we as society look it's at it's not that. equal
0: the way we treat them okay but I'm saying it's equally bad we just have decided that oh no boys are boys you know whatever
2: yeah if you if you want to give this movie as an example. Phoebe Cates was exploited. She felt bad about it. She uh, did not approve the cut. She went on not to pr- uh, not to promote the film in any way. Uh, now she's happily married uh, to Kevin Klein and has a uh, uh, has a rock star for a daughter. Uh, whereas Willie Ames uh, has gone on a different tra- trajectory after being like, no, no, I guess I'm okay with this. I also uh, didn't sign on. Like this is a lot more explicit than we agreed to, but but sure, put my ding dong out there and I'll be fine.
0: Wait, who's who's their, her daughter?
2: Or... Oh, uh, it's Greta Klein, aka Frankie Cosmos, who I adore. I think she's a great, great songwriter. I don't know who that is, but I, I
0: and I don't trust your opinion, but
1: uh, <laughs> <ladies>. wow. wow. <laughs>
2: Yeah, wow. sorry, oh. sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't like
0: braid. Wow, I'm sorry.
2: It's okay. I forgot to mention uh, that uh, Greta Klein is not a gutter punk, so wow. you're not interested.
1: Wow, I'm just sitting here watching all of this, <laughs> knowing that you both have terrible taste. Music. <laughs> <laughs> oh. that was called True Feelings Corner. We'll
0: come back to that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we need a drop for that one.
0: Cable.
1: So we should get to it. I picked this movie. Yeah. So if if the pitchforks are coming for anybody, it should come for me. Um, This is a movie that I watched uh, a handful of times as a kid, as a young man. A
2: a handful is a great. A handful was a handful. and You had your own handful while you were watching it.
1: And I don't know how I watched it that many times because I was like, this is Boring. This is te- yeah. this is really bad. And we must have just fast-forwarded it.
2: Sure. Yes. Absolutely.
1: So the backstory is, uh, I've mentioned him before, but my friend Adam, growing up, uh, his family had not just one, but two VCRs. And his father was prone to uh, uh, renting movies and taping them. So he had a whole library of stuff, and we would just watch all sorts of uh, fun and inappropriate movies, and this is one that we found. I am not even sure how we found it, but we were just amazed by how much nudity was in this movie. And uh, I would always bring this movie up when any anytime somebody brought up Fast Times at Ridgemont High, because that's a, like such an iconic scene. And people saying like, "Oh man, when Phoebe Kate shows her top," and I would always be like, "Have you seen Paradise? I mean, she's nude from start to finish." Uh, little did I know that it was all legal. But uh, <laughs> which is not a good defense in court but um, but watching it now as a 43 year old uh, besides that shower scene because I think I have more of a fetish for just outdoorsy tasteful <laughs> nudes than anything but uh, mm-hmm.
2: What? I mean, like, the the shower scene is straight out of the Playboy channel. Yeah, Like, there's yes, no totally. dialogue, yeah. there's just, like, some nice uh, glittery music, yeah, and yeah. it's just uh, lathering and <laughs> the it, it, uh, on the
1: lens. And it goes yeah. on for a long time.
2: Yeah. It really does. That
1: was the full reel, the full mag. It's,
0: what's funny is, like, this this movie's so frustrating in the time jumps it does, or, of like, so, like, this the, this scene is fucking, like, 10 minutes long, it feels like, of just one shower, which is, like, a real-time shower. Yeah. But the it cuts later on, which you can get into later, but from, like, them running on the hide, and then it just cuts to them with a full house. Yes.
1: A yeah. fully built
0: house. Which is like, the
1: most, I yes, that's, uh, should we get to?
0: No, 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 we'll do that later, okay. but I'm just saying, like, yeah. they took their time with this, we're probably like, oh, we can either keep that whole bath scene, or we can show the scene where they build a house, and they're like... <laughs>
2: Yeah, nah, I don't the know. The audience will
0: get it. They just build a house. Fuck
2: it. I don't. I don't know what was uh, more aggravating: uh, the time jump there, or during the shower scene, how often they cut to Willie Ames' face. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. a young post, just going like, "Stop!" I no. I have yeah. my own reaction. Yeah. I don't need to see what his <laughs>
0: is. Well, that's not also why Mike is also into um, blue-eyed, curly-haired boys.
1: His thing. Yeah. Huh. I just think they're delicious. Um. No, but the uh the, yeah the shower scene goes on for so long, I think the only thing they probably cut from that is Phoebe Kate's looking over at into camera being like, "Are you still rolling? Like, yeah What is going on <laughs> uh yeah, that was a long time, and uh yeah, this movie is uh not good, not uh it's incoherent it's what kind of movie is this that's like at the top, I was like, well, it's an adventure film, but it's also." Because it's like. None of it makes sense from
0: the get-go. None of
1: it makes sense. Yeah. But it's played as like this kind of romantic awakening sort of movie, right? Where two young people are figuring out their sexuality. But also like the mom's getting her melon sliced off. I mean, it's like it gets real violent. And then it's like a rape for a couple minutes. It's real. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know who it's for. That's the other thing. Right. Like. It's not for kids.
0: Like, you take out all the nudity and stuff, and it's... And, like, the rape and torture. But then it's a basically like a Disney movie, like a live-action 80s Disney type.
1: Yeah, it's you know, essentially like, The Jungle Book.
0: Yeah. But with that all, like... with Dick. Okay, so... <laughs> oh, I should put that in the pitch.
2: <laughs> too late. It's The Jungle it's Book. way too late. With Dick. Uh, sold in the room.
1: Uh, <laughs> and there's a moment, like, when the parent... When... So... Let's give some context, because I don't think people are going to watch this.
2: No, absolutely, and they shouldn't. Yeah. Frankly, you do not no. have to. You can glean exactly what you need from what no. we're going to so say. Fee, so, so it,
1: it takes place in Iraq, right? Was
0: it called Baghdad. Iraq back then? Was it Iraq? I thought it was just a nameless. Desert no,
2: place. no, it it is not only nameless. Uh, they put a they put a little Chiron, and they say Baghdad. 1823. There's not a reason that the specific year is said. It's not like Baghdad and then a time period, the Georgian era, where uh, where like the English were uh, still like running things over there and would go to visit. No, it's 1823, yeah. and that is the that is the only time that they are specific yeah. about the passage of time. Yeah, at <laughs> two thirty-five p.m.
0: <laughs> and they're supposed to be, like—the the, the disturbing thing about the movie, I think we, a lot of us don't think about, is that they're supposed to be, like, kids. Like, it's not Phoebe Cates in Fast Times, who's, like, 17, you know, like wo- like, woman who's probably had sex. She's, like, supposed to be a, a little girl who, like, doesn't know about her period— doesn't yeah. and so him too. So like that's even more disturbing as like. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. So like the scene you're watching of her like taking a shower. is like, oh, you're watching a 12 year old girl take a shower.
1: Is what the script is written. Is she 12? Know? How old is she? Or how old is I she supposed she was, to be? She's probably like 12. She hasn't had her period. But she doesn't look 12.
0: I mean, that, that's yeah. not a
1: defense either. I'm just saying like she doesn't. Lip, yeah, she Jesus literally Christ. in real life does not look 12. She looks 17.
0: Yes, but I'm saying in the script, she's supposed to be like 12. Wait, so how much
2: time passes
0: then? I don't, I I don't, that's the other thing. I don't know. To build that fucking
1: house would have to be. Well, they did get in a Corvette at the end, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they do time travel at the very end. Because, yeah, it's a very not well made movie. Um, And it's long. It seems like it was all built around. How do we get to see a seventeen-year-old nude? Well, but I had—I got to write like a script. A, God, all right. Like this,
0: it's like a part of like a, some guy. I forgot. Who, I wish I could find it again. It was like some like can exploitation film of like of this Canadian company who just made all these rip-offs of successful movies, and that's what this was. They were just like, oh, it's just fucking New Blue Lagoon. Like here, you write it, you could direct it.
2: Yeah, but I—I uh, mean, I—I I think that might be. The trouble in um, in how the, this movie doesn't exactly fit together, like the pieces don't make sense, and it's because they started with Blue Lagoon uh, was a uh, a success, and they're like, well, we wanted to make that, we can't make it, uh, we got to have a naked swimming shot. Where else are those? I guess an oasis. Okay, how do they get to an oasis? Well we don't like Middle Easterners and we think that they're scary. And we, uh, so everyone that we're going to present is somehow profiting on sadness or uh, is like saving uh, the white English family, but uh, is only doing so by like threatening murder on other people in front of them. And so, yeah, like uh, you, they, they, just kind of, like, sped up as quickly as they could to get to uh, these two kids who are not into each other but are, like, slowly, slowly getting getting ready to engage in, in whatever stuff happened in Blue Lagoon. Uh, but that time passage does not match the time passage of this one warlord still just chasing them through <laughs> right. the yeah. desert. Yeah. Right. Like... Well- They told a, they told like the story of Blue Lagoon that takes place over like five years or something where like they go through puberty, they like fall in love, they like try, (laughs) they, they get contacted by the outside world just by like ships passing. They're like, no, we're not ready yet. This is why a bloodthirsty, like he, he must be so lost in his own
0: deserts. Well, that's what I was like. It's like one of the things that does make sense.
1: I'm sorry, if, but I did. I'm sorry, Justin, but real uh, quick. I didn't put that together until Kevin just yeah. said it. That the timelines don't match up. No. It would be like at the end of Titanic, <laughs> if Billy Zane busted through that door and was like, Rose, give me back that fucking diamond. It's <laughs> true. I
3: know
0: I had hit my high note, so I... Uh i thanked the crowd and i was gone what'd you do the rest of the day saw titanic yeah.
2: so that old woman she's just a liar right and a bit of a tramp if you ask me we might as well just get to scenes that make me yeah. go hmm, right because the because there it's it. the whole movie See, Uh, so we set up that there are primates in this desert, but it's in like this town where it seems like they would have transported it through like from the jungle to then like sell, yes. uh, sell in town. They are n- chimpanzees are not native to Baghdad, <laughs> like these are <laughs> these are jungle creatures, and then like the next time we see one. Is just shows up in this oasis after the after the hut, like the beautiful thing is built. And uh this chimp is just eating <laughs> eating the leftover food, which like if they have enough food wandering in the desert, like in this like place to have leftover for a chip to eat, they're doing well. They're like they're they're incredible foragers. Uh but yeah, like there are two different chimpanzees in random parts of the desert, and I have no idea how they got there. Did they travel from the town? And, like, so that chimp is the one we saw earlier, and that means that he found them quicker than the warlord?
0: <laughs> I think the director just used the uh, the pie rule of script writing, which was like, hey, you write a pie in, there's going to be pie on set. I was just like, I love chimpanzees, got to write a chimpanzee in. Because we're gonna have two, like it, it, it makes no sense.
2: Uh, also, also uh, uh, <laughs> speaking of the chimps, uh, the chimp and like they they use two tools to teach these young kids. About sexuality They use a biology book And then they use actual chimps So like, uh, at first They're like, oh, what's happening to my body Oh, it's the same thing that's going on in this book And they were like, that's not enough Let's have the chimp masturbate Then. That's going to awaken something primal. Also, they're not going to put it together. Let's throw a female chimp in there so we can show them having a baby so that they understand the concept of having a baby. I'm sorry if I'm jumping around. Every every fucking thing that doesn't make sense leads me to 10 others. This yeah. is like a beautiful branch of nonsense. Yeah, it's... Well,
1: Good, Justin. I'm sorry.
2: Well, I was
0: gonna say the movie doesn't even like there's so much like that they just don't show, but there's not even like the say portion of it. There's not even like just say it, don't show it. So we never hear the exposition of like, it's been X amount of time. Good thing you know how to build a house.
1: Well, so the house is the biggest to me the biggest head scratcher in my scene. Which which speaks to the overall discombobulation, like Kevin talked about, of what timeline are we working in? What's going on? Did they time travel? Because there's a line where Phoebe Cates just offhandedly goes like, I wonder what the first hut looked like. Then we <laughs> dissolve, which is the key word here. They dissolve into them in a house. Dissolves are, that's not how you use that. Like, right. you, you would use, like, a fade-out. The fade-out is like, oh, time has passed. The dissolve is like, we're taking you to something that was just referenced. So now they're in a, a very nice hut, by the way.
2: It's gorgeous.
1: Uh, that would go very well on Airbnb. And I was like, I was like, wait a minute. Is this, like, a dream part? Like, is she dreaming this? That they uh-huh. live together? Are... Like, I just was so like, I don't know what's going on here. I think, I think the. It's like a.
0: I, I almost think it maybe was a miscommunication between like the set deck and the director or something where they're like, okay, oh, yeah, just build him a hut like the like, two kids would like build. And the guy mm-hmm. was like, gotcha. And then built him a fucking <laughs> sitcom set yes. for a fucking. Yeah. Like, jungle TV show. And they're like, well, fuck it, it's too late now. It they is. It. it is
2: very like Gilligan's Island. It's
0: super Gilligan's Island. There's like pots hanging on the wall. Yeah. There's
2: like, like they but decorated. If if I remember correctly, that first hut that we see, like when they the the camel runs away, they discover uh, this oasis. Uh, the next thing we we hear rather is Phoebe Cates blowing this little pan whistle. And uh, Willie Ames comes over there and he's like incredulous. He's like, what? This is you? How'd you do that? And she's like, I just built it. You know how you built this house? And like, that's the first time we see the house. And so it is just like, well, of course he could build this house. She did, after all, build like a single note flute. (laughs) Mm Like, I'm... Yeah, Yeah. it's a pretty frustrating movie. Everything. (laughs) Every, like, every little thing. Like, the fact that halfway through them being lost in the desert and just, like, going from place to place, uh, you see her in a white dress... That is fucking bleach white. As if uh, she found some soap, is going into the ocean and really putting the scrub on every single night oh, no, before they, they have go a to
0: bed. Uh, washer and dryer. You just don't <laughs> see <Yeah>. it.
1: <laughs> you hooked up a washer and dryer? Well... <laughs>
0: It's pretty easy. All you have to do is run power to a power plant. You puts a power plant. Oh, yeah. that's pretty easy. All you got to. Yeah. Do what,
2: is... Why are you asking questions? You made that flute. You made yeah. a <laughs> little flute
1: out of bamboo. One thing about this movie is that I feel like they're trying to get around by saying this is art because yes. it's not very graphic.
0: Their like nudity and like their uh, sex scenes are artfully done, air quotes. You know, like yeah.
2: And it it should be said that uh, they went and filmed additional nude scenes after uh, basically yeah. Phoebe Cates and Willie, Willie Ames were just like uh, the first cut of this is a little bit more explicit than we wanted. And so they're like, got you. We hear you 100 percent. Uh, we asked you to do too much. We'll solve it by filming it again with other people and just like splicing it in mm-hmm. together how, among how, amongst yeah. the footage of you. So everyone thinks it's still you. How old's the uh, stunt
1: double from Blue Lagoon? <laughs> now nah, we can make that work.
2: Bring we can her make in. it work. Bring her in. Uh, the tans don't match. The lighting doesn't match. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. we did it. We did it months later yeah uh and and so this is all to say that uh, this is a problematic film uh it's it's very strange uh to think about uh, uh, watching it when like, you don't feel good about any stage of this production. You don't feel good about, like, how it came together. Like, it wasn't saved by the script. It wasn't saved by the acting. Willie and Phoebe both, like, received, uh, you know, bad <laughs> bad acting awards uh, for this film. But someone who did get something out of it, Phoebe Cates. I thought you were going to say the monkey. The monkey got... Oh, the monkey got... <laughs> yeah. A hell of a show. Uh, Phoebe Cates sung the title track, yeah, to Paradise, which was a smash number one hit in Italy. The best, second best selling single in all of 1982. It spent ten weeks at number one, wow. and that is, uh, probably something she still feels weird about. Yeah, Italy has worse
1: taste in music than you guys. Uh <laughs> uh yeah i feel like it's an early front runner for the next cable uh ace boys uh mm, awards best song best yeah, song, yeah. <laughs>
2: There's a monkey it's masturbating. masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad song. I gotta be honest. Not terrible. I. Uh, it's. Uh, it definitely leaves something to be desired. Yeah, like the movie.
1: Well, boys, I don't know what to say. I mean, I. It's your fault. It's my fault.
2: It's your fault. You should be ashamed. Uh, so it's a, it's too bad that you don't know what to say. It should be sorry. <laughs> it should be sorry, and that shouldn't be tough to figure out. Well, this movie just is, should have been arrested. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>
3: like... <laughs> <laughs> OJ killed both them people.
2: Uh, can we talk about Willie Ames for um, a little bit, please?
1: Please. Are we going down? Going down to the corner. Where? <laughs> this is like a roller coaster ride. This guy's yeah, life. Here we go.
2: It really is. Uh, Willie Ames uh, started with uh, small roles in uh, various hit television shows uh, before landing uh, Heartthrob role on Eight is Enough, uh, which was an incredible uh, comedy uh, drama television show at the time. Uh, Everybody loved him, uh, couldn't get enough of him. Uh, and then he started doing cocaine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, he, yeah, he, he's definitely had a lot of problems. He did eight is enough. I think he got it together enough to do Charles in charge, uh, where he's a similar, like best friend moron, uh, also like semi heartthrob. Uh, but yeah, came on some really rough times. And uh, I don't know if uh, if I should be the one to talk about it. I know, post, you've probably done a fair amount of Bible Man research. <laughs> yes, yeah. you did bring well, it up a little bit. Yeah, uh, he he starred in uh, the it's it's got to be straight to church. straight to straight to church, <laughs> straight to church hit Bible Man, uh, where he plays Miles Peterson. He was the first Bible Man. Uh, As depicted in the show's intro, Miles was described as a man who had success, fame, and wealth, but was a frustrated and miserable man. After giving up and throwing himself to the ground in anguish, he discovered a Bible covered in mud. Upon finding it, he experiences a, quote, burning desire to know God and becomes a Christian. He then decides to fight evil in the name of God as Bible man. So... I haven't seen much of Bible Man. Uh, uh, (laughs) David Mitchell uh, of that Mitchell and Webb look uh, described it as saying, uh, the thing that struck me most about it is quite how badly it is made to the extent that you must think it's been made by an anti-Christian group to make (laughs) Christianity look as naff and discouraging (laughs) and artless as possible. Um, uh, So Bible Man uh, fights evildoers uh, with all of uh, God's armor, uh, which is a waist belt of truth, a breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation. Um, it's a, it, it seems like a fascinating show, and from what I can glean, it's a lot uh, like Power Rangers, uh, but with Bible stuff um uh which means it's complete with villains uh which i i happen to find the most fascinating part of this uh there is uh madam glitz who's a self-centered woman uh she that's it <laughs> <laughs>
0: madam glitz Just... she's a she's a woman <laughs> tyrone
2: he's black uh that's madam, it madam glitz All the... Madam Glitz captured Bible Man uh, because she wanted his fame. Bible Man tells her it's the word of God that everyone desires, and she was placed inside a television set by God. Uh, There's the Fibbler, uh, who is a green-haired evil clown, basically the Joker, (laughs) who influenced one of the church singing group children to lie. After she asks her friends for forgiveness, the Fibbler and Bible Man fight. The Fibbler was defeated and destroyed by his own sword of darkness. Hmm. Uh, there, There's a lot of these, uh, but uh, the one that pertains uh, most uh, to this movie and being problematic is the Gossip Queen, uh, who is played by, uh, at the time, Willie Ames's wife. Uh, she's a villainous. Uh, queen whose character design was later widely criticizing criticized for sharing many characteristics with traditional jewish stereotypes jesus christ (laughs) she had dark skin curly black hair a large hook nose thick lips and dark colored beady eyes She tries to rip the church singing group apart. She has two henchmen named Loose Lips and Blabbermouth, and she could fire beams of bitterness from her fingers.
0: How many people who stormed the Capitol do you think have a copy of a Bible Man DVD DVD at home? I mean, Uh, that's. (laughs) Like who grew up watching Bible Man? If you're like, raise your hand if you watch Bible Man, do you think more than 50% raise their hand? I can't imagine it's that many, but uh I it's, think it's that many. It's not I, I zero just, I like
1: that um in, in these sort of productions, the goals of the villain always seem completely out of whack. It's like right. the fibbler. He he made a kid lie about having a cupcake and he also <laughs> wants to destroy humanity. <laughs> it's like why yeah. is he fucking
2: around with this cupcake? Uh, my my friend, that is that is a long, long con. If that, I, I gotta I gotta see your vision board for that, how that's leading to the destruction of society. That's really funny. Uh Willie Ames uh later was on Celeb Fit Club. Uh he oh, yes. he went uh he went absolutely broke. He uh lived uh uh in the bushes uh outside the Hollywood Bowl at one point. Um, part of this, uh, uh, part of this like path down, uh, was, uh, showcased on a television program, uh, that our dear friend VH1 produced, um, basically the home of all, uh, exploiting sad celebrities. Uh, it was called, um, Broke and Famous. Um, it was, uh, it basically takes took place in 2009 Willie Ames owed more than $260,000 on his Kansas home uh it was in foreclosure his wife of 25 years uh which by the way is the gossip queen uh left him um uh, she was a real villain she was a real villain. Uh, uh, she was sick of him not living within his means, and his 18 year old daughter had not spoken to him in six months. The funny thing about this program is that it is in the model of just like the motivational speaker type guy, like the uh, sort of the Dr. Phil, the credentialed person who's just like, you got to get your life together. Um, and so they have a financial advisor on. Uh, His name is Serrano Kelly uh, uh, Who does not have a Wikipedia page Uh, The only link to him is his website It says Serrano Kelly is a top motivational speaker And the author of the international best-selling self-improvement book The Game, Win Your Life in 90 Days Uh, He's also the well-known host and star Of the reality TV show Broken Famous Uh, Keep in mind Broken Famous, uh, this was the pilot, and there was not another episode afterwards. (laughs) This is the only uh, episode of the well-known show, uh, Broken Famous. Perhaps the reason that this show did not continue is uh, this is some of the worst advice I have ever seen given.
3: It's got to be about something bigger. Yeah. I knew that just getting rid of the furniture wasn't enough. That Willie was going to have to come face to face with the train wreck that his mismanagement had caused, his relationships. When was the last time you talked to your daughter? Don't with my daughter in this. I don't want to cement the door shut by continuing. uh, It has already been cemented shut. You are kidding yourself. You come in thinking you're going to talk about money, and you're not. He was ripping open huge scabs. You're not serious. Do you know how I know you're not serious? Because a serious man would get a sleeping bag and sleep on the street outside of his daughter's house (laughs) until she shows up. A serious man would do whatever is necessary. (laughs) Don't (laughs) talk to me Uh, about serious. And don't talk to me about what I would do for my family
2: yeah Um, yeah so so basically like he uh he's living in this house that's being foreclosed on uh this guy told him to have a garage sale in the neighborhood of all of his things he sold tons of his possessions he made five grand and then this financial advisor is like but honestly that's not enough and so like he's also gonna repay he's gonna get the guy a job uh, he's going to mend uh, the, uh, his estranged wife and uh, daughter's uh, relationship in seven days' time. And, uh, and, yeah, like, gives the advice of just, like, hey, your daughter doesn't want to talk to you. She's scared of you. How about you do just go stalk them? How yeah. about
0: <laughs> you, like... Know, you know what a real man would do? He'd put on a fucking scream mask, hide in his daughter's closet until she gets home, <laughs> And as soon as she does, you pop out with a knife and a cake. And you say, here's daddy.
1: These these people are such grifters. It's yeah. unbelievable. Like, uh, you, you guys know I enjoy hoarders. and uh, But those psychologists are terrible. And there was an episode we watched the other day where the whole setup was uh, this woman who was the hoarder. She had moved into this older guy's house. Like, they were married, but, like, she... The older guy had been married before And his wife passed away This this hoarder, the woman Was like their friend But it was clear that she Finagled her way Into this guy's life Like once the wife died she The, the kids were like She was there from the next day From the funeral And just eventually moved all of her crap in And the house became unlivable The guy The poor old guy had like emphysema and stuff and he was like living in squalor because of her and then later the kids are like really uh confronting her the hoarder and they're like we know that you've also been siphoning money from your joint account into a separate account and stuff like that and the woman basically admits to all of it she basically admits that she kind of muscled her way in that she's been living off this guy. That she has, yes, been taking money from him. And with, without missing a beat, the psychologist is like, well, we've got to get the family back together. we got to find – it's like, what, are, are you not listening to what this woman just yeah. said? She just basically admitted to fraud and to being uh untruthful – a fibbler, if you will. And <laughs> it's like these people just are the worst.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, it's funny you mention uh just like sight unseen that this guy's a grifter, uh, giving terrible advice. Uh I ended up like he wrote that uh international best-selling self-improvement book, The Game, Win Your Life in Ninety Days. So I went ahead and looked it up on Amazon, and uh it's now time for <laughs> The Tank from Amazon gave this book one star. The Tank wrote, Get ready for the Kool-Aid. I sat through a Serrano-Kelly seminar a few years ago while I was employed with a financial services firm. He's a dynamic speaker, to say the least. He's also incredibly manipulative. He has a way of convincing everyone in the room they are asleep and need his game very urgently. His game, or the throwaway from home motivational boot camp he puts together in San Diego, costs over $20,000. You get up early in the morning, go through high physical exhaustion, highly emotional conversations, and then you get into the training sessions. When you're exhausted and emotional, you're at your most vulnerable to suggestion. This is classic neuro-linguistic programming. Uh, It's basically what they use on cults to brainwash people. Look it up. Uh, Sarano also loved to talk about the movie The Matrix and how it was like real life. <laughs> of course. I guess he likens himself to the character of Morpheus. He has the way that answers the road to being awake in life while others sleep. Classic hucksterism. Yep. Uh, so yeah, wow. uh, that is what this guy is. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, so he. Uh, sold a bunch of his stuff. He's now like uh, setting this guy up uh, for a job. He says, "What do you want to do?" Uh, Willie says, "Well, I could be a taxidermist, or I could be in." <laughs> it's like
1: George Costanza. Well, I do yeah. like I like sports. Huh? Yeah. I'm always making <laughs> for <the> funny <laughs> funny comments. You do make good comments.
2: Yeah, October first,
1: el- baby, Netflix.
2: Uh, while we were, while we were, uh, watching all of the possessions that were leaving, uh, there were a bunch of like heads of, uh, animals that he had killed. And so basically he was like, I could be an adventure leader or I could be a taxidermist. (laughs) Uh, neither one of those worked out for him. And so, uh, he also said, I like woodworking. And so our huckster, uh, set him up, uh, with a little woodworking job. That looks a little bit something like if you want to be
1: a wood, If you want to be a woodworker, go to where they do that and sleep outside yeah. in a sleeping bag until they hire you.
3: <laughs> I've been an actor for over 40 years, and I'm suddenly not an actor. I think we're good to go. But you know what? I love working with wood. Looks good to me. The bottom line is, I needed to prove myself, and I did. I'll go out to my truck and grab paperwork, and let's go talk about uh, what it takes
1: to get you hired. Uh, we'll start you out at fourteen fifty an hour, including benefits. Really? 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 Really.
3: Thanks. It feels really, really good to have a job.
2: Fourteen <laughs> fifty.
3: Well, this was filmed
0: in
2: 1972, correct? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, benefits, man. Um, Yeah, I feel feel bad for him, though, because he did get set up. Basically, like, this guy says his life's going to change, and when you are on one of these shows, you feel like everything is set up and, like, things are just going to work out. And so he pumps him up. He's basically just like... You know, I I love my wife, I made mistakes. I want to get back together with her. Uh, Serrano has already talked to the wife to set up this meeting. Serrano knows that she's like, I, you know, I'm just happier. I'm happier in life without him. And this is is how, like, this this is pure exploitation. I feel so bad. Mm -hmm. All the lessons had led to
3: this point now it was time to make those lessons pay off where it matters the most. Hi. Hey. Um, hey.
1: Good to see you.
3: So, uh, we're ready for a big day. Okay. Yeah. I saw Melo stick her head out. There's real hope. Real fears. Come on up, partner. And I was now in a position of asking as humbly as I could muster to be a part of that life again. Yeah, babe. How you doing? You not know, really sure what I'm supposed to say. I'm sorry, you know.
2: I know you are. I mean,
3: it's not gonna. It's it's not gonna fix itself in a couple of days. Right. But I'm learning. What I want is I want to keep learning. So that you know maybe we can. You know maybe we can repair some of this.
2: I will always love you, and I want to always be in your life.
3: But you're an extreme guy i want peace just peace and i want you to have peace i want to go in a different direction i want a smaller life i know i've been telling melo i love her and i want to protect her and i want to take care of her and that i would do anything for her for over 25 years but my actions told her differently
1: what a villain
2: like why would they set him up to try to get his wife back if they know, I mean like part of it is that he just wants to be in the life so he can talk to his daughter yeah, but like they um, definitely like pumped him up like he was going to fix everything in seven days real fears, the end of this episode cuts to nine months later and uh, if (laughs) if uh, you think uh, that uh, you know what's coming you truly don't And that's exactly how our man, Serrano, teased this up. Believe it or not,
1: Willie's story doesn't end there. After I left Kansas City, I had a few friends keep track of Willie there to make sure that he stayed with the program. You won't believe what happened. His life took a crazy turn, and I mean crazy.
3: Hey Tom. When Serrano introduced me to some guys that understood finances, that could oversee the $25,000 that I was given, I was scared to death of money. I never learned anything, Tom. When we first met, we talked about where, where his passion might be. When I look at what's going on in our country right now, with the economy and everything, uh, if I can inspire some other people, people can start over. It was clear that his passion was to help other people not experience what he did. Tom really encouraged me to study equity option and to become a financial advisor. And you know, when I kept thinking, really? Really, me? You think I could, I could be good at it? I had no idea what I was getting into, getting this stuff into my head so I can pass this test. Without question, the most difficult task I've ever undertaken studying 8, 10, 12 hours a day. That's been my singular focus for the last nine months. The corporation has 5 million shares outstanding. It is wild. I had to have somebody teach me how to use a calculator. I was a teen (laughs) idol. I didn't need to know anything. I didn't need to be good at anything. I just needed to be cute. The principal times the interest rate. I spent all of the holidays and and my birthday and and those days alone just trying to memorize every line. And there were those days where I just thought, there's there's no way. Is it a pass? That <laughs> means I passed my exam. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh, my God. I'm yeah. so proud of you. Yeah, you know, look at me. Wall Street. Oof. Yeah, I can do this. You know, I didn't burn up the building with my score, but I was above the national average, so that's good. I, I think about it, and, and I just think, this is nuts this is nuts well I have my first day coming up you do Yep. I guarantee you there's gonna be a lot of people out there that are like this is a total sham it's not I just I put in the time and I learned it
0: well yeah do not trust that man with your money I'll say that now
1: (laughs) they were like oh you could be a financial advisor you didn't even negotiate 1450
2: Right. The guy is like, that's what I can pay you. He's like, got sold. Let's go to reviews. Roger Ebert did not review this film, but he did call it the dog of the week uh, on their uh, program. Uh, So instead I will read from Tom Shales for the Washington Post. Tom wrote two tickets to paradise would make the perfect gift for one's worst enemies or for those most in need of a snooze. The cheapy imitation of last year's teeny porn smash, Blue Lagoon, now at area theaters, amounts to 100 minutes of agonizing tedium seasoned with equal parts excruciating embarrassment. Not a good review. And now we go to our heralded segment, Everyone's a critic, where we read a bad Amazon review and then see what else they've reviewed. Atomic Swirl gives this film one star. Atomic Swirl wrote, A softcore porn children's film? I admit it, I only bought this movie for one reason. The lovely Phoebe Cates is topless in much of the movie. Okay, so make that two reasons. (laughs) On this point, I was not disappointed. That said, I made the mistake of trying to watch this turkey of a film from beginning to end. I believe the makers of this movie were confused about who their target audience is. On one hand, the film contained a lot of nudity and sex. On the other, the film featured dumbed-down, bad dialogue, and patently groan-worthy attempts at humor, the kind of humor that only five-year-old children would find amusing. Really, the scenes with the monkeys were as Childish as they were totally out of place in a soft core porn flick. I agree with Atomic Swirl there. Atomic Squ- Swirl also gave one star to 101 Ways to Castrate a Man, a joke book. Atomic Swirl wrote hate speech. Wow, just wow. Could someone please explain to me how this book is not extremist sexist hate speech? I wonder what this offer is planning to write next. 101 ways to lynch a black person a joke book or perhaps 101 ways to cook a Jew a joke book. What would be the difference? I yeah. I don't know, what Atomic were. It's
1: one of those situations where what you're saying... I understand what you're saying. Right. You know, like, look, those are a bad example. Like, you know, like, don't... We shouldn't write those books. But it also makes it sound like you've thought of writing those books. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying don't write those books, but if you did write those
0: books, I'd read I those
2: got, books. I got, I got some material for yeah. you. Yeah. Also, when is ever a 101 joke book anything but not serious? Like, it... <laughs> like it's clearly clearly not uh not taken that serious it doesn't take itself that seriously and i know that because i had the most delicious surprise when uh when you look at their reviews it just showed uh, the title of the book it didn't uh, show the author and so after i read his thing i clicked on After I read his review, I clicked on uh, the book page, and uh, the author for 100 Ways to Castrate a Man, it's by Nomo Weenie. (laughs) 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 Nomo Weenie, the famous uh, sexist author.
0: Nomo. That's... That's hate speech for you. I don't think I could ever
2: come up with something that funny for the
0: title
2: (laughs) of that book. Should we head on down to Pop Corner, where we review the movie in terms of popcorn? Yes,
0: Pop Corner, where the reviews don't matter and neither does anything.
1: Anything in life. Not (laughs) just the movie, but... Chimpanzee yeah. raising. Jesus uh,
0: Christ. Yeah.
1: Wood, woodworking, apparently.
0: Uh, I was going to give this movie whatever the opposite of Popcornopolis zebra popcorn is. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. It's like like old raw pork fat.
1: That's what yeah. this movie Ch- is. Chimpanzee popcorn.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. This movie is a a, a bucket of popcorn uh, with a bunch of uh, chimp jizz all over it.
2: Yeah, this is this is the dead, popcorn dead chimp jizz. That's this is the popcorn jizz. that got thrown into the chimp enclosure, and uh, these chimps had been starved and beaten, and uh, they uh, ingested it. Uh, they shit it out, and they threw it into the other chimp's mouth, who then ingested it <laughs> and shit it <laughs> and threw it out. Uh, and then, like, uh, it was still given like a nice butter glaze because you gotta <laughs> you gotta have some taste there. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna give this. Uh, I bought a brand of popcorn that I remember liking as a kid and eating a lot. And then uh, I was eating it, and I was like, "I don't, I don't like this anymore. I don't, I don't feel right about how this popcorn is made. Uh, this popcorn feels a little underdone. Like it's not old enough. It ha- the kernels haven't been aged enough to be eaten. And uh, as much as I, you know." Uh one to I just I don't like it. It's not doing the same thing it did uh when I was a kid. And I look at the brand and for the first time I notice that the company was called Nomo Weenie Popcorn. <laughs> uh Nomo Weenie. No Mo Weenie. No, no Mo Weenie.
2: The perfect name. The uh, the <laughs> Everyone's favorite first name Nomo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you could have just like you're you could have named it named yourself like
2: Dick Outta Here.
0: Something even. 101 Ways to Castrate a Man written by Dick Outta Here.
2: That's, <laughs> great. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Uh well, that has been all of us. Uh that has been it for all of us at the Cable Boys. Uh we're very sorry if you watched that uh to uh, To know what we were talking about, uh if you didn 't watch it, then uh you're welcome uh, because we uh, we saved you the trouble uh go ahead if you don't already uh go ahead and follow us on Instagram like all our posts and comment with your phone numbers. And maybe we'll call you (laughs) and (laughs) we'll be pen pals for 30 years. And then uh, maybe we'll marry you eventually. Uh, And go to our iTunes and uh, Spotify and like and subscribe and give us five stars because quite frankly, that was a five-star episode about the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. Uh, And if you don't think so, then I, I get it. I'm, I'm sad too. I'm sad. Yeah. Now. I mean,
1: we're yeah. sorry. We fucked up. Yeah. Should, if you did watch it, please keep listening to the show. Yeah. Um, we'll see you later. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.